All right, we're back in black. We're in our Playa del Carmen uh, Airbnb. We got a fantastic guest today. I was actually about a week and a half ago on YouTube looking up some information on Playa del Carmen, and I came across a very vibrant, full of energy girl on YouTube. I watched one of her videos. It was very good. It was about Playa. She was being a, she was a Canadian living nomadic in Playa del Carmen. And I'm like, damn, I, I really loved the energy. So I, I tried to find some sort of contact information and I got in touch with her on Instagram. And now we're here. I'm super excited to have Hannah Linnea, Linnea, Linnea on. We're going to talk nomadic lifestyle, making money, her journey with um, intermittent fasting. We're even going to bring up some toxic relationships. So it's going to be quite fascinating. I'm very excited. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much. And thanks for watching my YouTube video and having me on the podcast episode. I'm super excited to be chatting with you guys. Fantastic. I'm very excited. Um, so what's your story? You're, you're Canadian and you've been traveling, doing nomadic stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I... Yeah, I moved to Mexico after I completed my master's. I was living in Toronto and I tried to get into corporate life after my master's. I got, I did my education training. I was like, Hey, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Get my corporate job. And I lasted three weeks. I was like, this shit sucks. I hate this. And I was like, Cam, hey, this is not for me. And I quit. And then I started watching YouTube videos and I was like, wow, I can make a living doing what I love to do, which is to travel and to meet new people. So I went and bought a camera, a tripod, and then I got rid of everything. And I just went with one backpack down to Playa del Carmen. I was thinking I would go to Thailand, but I was like, yeah, Mexico's closer. And I want to just get out of here right away. And yeah, I lived in Mexico for a year and then travel has always been a part of my life. So yeah, that's pretty much that. So you were there at your new job for three weeks and you yeah. hated it. You decided to quit. I went through something similar. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, it takes some guts to do. Most people would just, you know, go stick with it. What made you say, you know, this definitely is not for me. I cannot do this. I need to change. Um, so my job was kind of like a glorified call center job. And I was essentially just calling people all the time, like in the industry. So I have a master's in urban health and geography. So I was in commercial real estate, which is like a thriving industry, quote unquote. And I thought it would be good, but it just was soul sucking, like calling people and they just don't want to talk to you. And there wasn't anything personable about it. And for me, it, I really need to have my heart invested in the things that I do and if I do something and I'm not getting the energy back that I need, or, you know, if it's just not fulfilling the growth kind of mindset that I innately have, it just, it doesn't work for me. And I'm always been somebody who can just kind of turn my back to something like, Hey, this isn't working for me. I'm done. And then just walking away. So, and I bring that to fruition when I like put on my backpack and go traveling. So I started doing that when I was like 18 years old and now I'm 27. <laughs> What's crazy though is Jake was at a call center too. Yeah. It's oh, really? So draining, just on the phone all day after day. So I, I understand uh, the unfulfillment you felt. 
Yeah. What type of call center were you at? So it was a uh, kind of a costume jewelry for uh, like 80 to hundred dollar pieces for older folks where you're either calling them or they're calling in and you're just constantly selling and upselling memberships or warranties. To and it's old just, people. Yeah. To old people. And it's just, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just not fulfilling. Wasn't fun. I had to get out of it. So I understand. Yeah. I got a question though. So you said you've been easy to like say, okay, I'm done doing this and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I've met a lot of travelers that, okay, I'm doing this now. Now I'm doing this, but they never build any sort of foundation. They're just kind of always living in the now. You know, is that sustainable? I mean, how many different you know things have you done? Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. And I find that that is a, like a recurring prominent kind of issue with nomadic kind of people. Um, just kind of your st- foundation is always being ripped out under you by like this nomadic kind of lifestyle, in my opinion. Um, luckily though, I was able to do all of my traveling while also going to school full time. So in Canada, the university schedule is like September to April. And so I would just travel in the summer months or yeah, I mean, like getting up and moving to Mexico was kind of like ripping, I would say, quote unquote, the foundation for my life. But at the same time, I didn't really have a foundation. Like I was 25, 20, yeah, I was 25 when I left Toronto. And I was like, well, I'm going to make this work somehow. And then I did. I, I did make it work and it, I'm kind of still rolling with it. But um, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So you were traveling, you got the travel bug when you were younger, but what happened in Canada that made you decide that you just had to get out? You were just, you're feeding to, to feel that chaos or feeling change. You weren't feeling fulfilled or what? I was feeling, that's a good, that's a very good question. I was feeling, um, yeah, unfulfilled and trapped. Uh, I think trapped is a really good way of saying it. So instead of like dealing with what was going on, like within myself, I would usually use travel as a way to like an, an escapism almost, which is a double edged sword because like, you know, there's that courage, I would say to getting up and leaving things behind that aren't, aren't what you need at that time. But there's also a little bit of like, yeah, escapism from going away from your issues. And when I came to Playa in July of last year, so 2019, um, I had quit the job. And then I was also dealing with like an eating disorder a bit. I was had bulimia. Uh, it wasn't very long. It was just a few months, but like that was like an eating disorder is it completely consumes you. It, you lose relationships. Um, what another, I feel like another reason why I wasn't in a place to have a corporate job was because my mind was unfulfilled with the work itself. But then also I was just in an eating disorder, all you think about is like food and controlling this aspect of your life. So, um, yeah, that kind of, and then when I got to Mexico, I went into survival mode. It was just kind of like, I got to get a job. I have to put a roof over my head. This is my life now. This is my passion. Like I love traveling. I love being with other people, learning new things, helping other people learn new things. So, um, I was lucky in that sense that like bulimia was forced out of my life. This is a good point because um, I think it um, resonates a lot with Americans with the depression rates and the anxiety stuff is because we have a lot of our basic needs met. So we start worrying about all this other shit, you know, who likes me, who doesn't, um, this, yeah. that. And when you're forced out of that bubble 
and you had to just, hey, I got to make money, put the roof over my head and do all that. Then the, the other problems, the, the non-survival problems kind of go away. That's quite interesting. But I'm coming back to this, um, this traveling point thing with, with the chaos. It's like a catch-22 with this traveler thing because you see so much growth from yourself when you travel, you know. But is it, are you building that foundation like some of your buddies back home with the, the nine to five? You know what I mean? So like, it's this tricky balance where you're like, holy shit, I see so much growth in one area, but then maybe stagnant or going back steps in another area. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely get that. You know, hold on, is this, so when you were 25, did you feel like you were going down the matrix hole and you're like, fuck, I don't want to, you know, be in Canada my whole life. I don't really like this job. Like you, you felt like you were going to get in debt and like get trapped in the matrix. And that's why you kind of made the jump. Mm. I no, I wasn't so worried about getting trapped. It was more because I actually really like Canada. Like I like living here. I loved Toronto and I'm originally from uh, a city near Vancouver and that's where I am right now so I didn't feel trapped but it was definitely feeling like um that if I don't do this now I'm going to regret it in the future so like with my kind of, I kind of make my decisions based off of well it's now or never if you have this idea try it do it make it work to the best of your abilities try your best and see how it goes. And like, that's how I treated university as well. I was like, I know I want to go to university. I don't know what I want, but I'll try my best. And like, I was lucky that I didn't have to deal with uh, an abundance of student loans because when I commit to something, I do it well, I got scholarships. So like, that was good. So I wasn't like worried about trapped. It was more just a, a feeling of escapism that I kind of have a tendency with for coping things. Man, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. And so I saved up quite a bit. So I was able to do this, get here. And then you said once you got here, you know, you had to figure out survival, find a job. What was it that you did to help find money so you're able to stay here and you didn't have to leave? Also, also give tips for like what jobs you should get or like, you know, your other nomad friends you met, what they did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I got to Playa and I instantly like went on to YouTube. It's like how to make money online. And like I started following digital nomad people. I can't recall their specific names, but I use this platform called Upwork. Um, and that's like, essentially you free market yourself for certain tasks. And I love writing and I'm pretty good with resumes and cover letters and that kind of stuff. So I was doing that kind of like freelance contract work through Upwork. And then I tried to network within Playa. So I, uh, actually the job that I still have today, I got through a Bumble date that I had in playa so i met this guy and i like and i was already like owning it i'm like i'm a marketer i make money online and i had it on my bumble profile and then we met up and he's like so what do you do for work and i told and i'm like well i do digital marketing and content writing and he's like where do you work and i was like well i don't have a job yet but I i'm going to and he's like well it just so happens that my company's hiring so i can get you a job and i still have that job to this day um so yeah, and then like you just meet new people and then you have like that professional realm opened up and then, you know, life just keeps kind of rolling and you just take it as it comes and do your best, so. Uh, I love the fake it till you make it thing. That's, that's really yeah. neat. Uh, now, well, obviously you're an attractive white, blonde hair, blue dyed girl that could probably meet a lot of connections. A lot of people come up to you and say, hey, I'll give you this, I'll give you that. Probably got some sugar daddy offers, a ton of shit. But what about for a dude like Jake? 
So us dudes aren't really blessed as much to have all these different options in abundance. So what, what would you suggest for, you know, Jake? Yeah. He is pretty though. He is good looking. I was about to say, I'm like, Jake's, what you, Jake, you're attractive. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny. I was actually thinking about that recently because I, I guess this is kind of sidetracked, but I was kind of like, I kind of, I have an advantage in a certain like um, appearance privilege. So I've been thinking about what, what if I didn't look the way that I do, like how, how would it be? Um, but honestly, I think that you can still thrive like before, like only in the past couple of years, I've kind of come into this like woman quote unquote that I am like for most of my life, I thought I was ugly and stuff. Um, so, <laughs> but anyways, um, for like, I guess the, anybody who wants to pursue this kind of life, I am all about like getting the information. I, I kind of consider myself as a strategist. Like you get the information, you do the research, quote unquote. So it was like YouTube videos, reading articles and just networking, just asking people, just like going out and asking people what they do, like uh, reaching out to the community that you want to be involved in. And then um, doing all the best things that people are suggesting and integrating it into your life to like your best ability. And so for me, it was, looking at what I can do for money right away. And that was Upwork. And like, I got jobs within the first day and they pay well, so. Yeah, it's an excuse for people. Oh, it's so easy for girls. Like, yeah, you meet a lot of girls with tons of sugar daddies, okay? It is what it is. And you're using what you got type deal, but it's an excuse. A lot of people just it, go up to random people, say, I'm gonna go approach 10 people a day and just start conversations. You never know where it freaking leads. Um, I, I'm trying to show Jake this, you know, lately here. They're like, yo, just talk to people because there's so many interesting characters in these nomadic spots. And you never know where the opportunities lead. An example, we're going to this like choo-choo cafe thing like every day. And there's a bunch of dudes and people that speak English and you just got to chat up. But if you're going to go cry in your Airbnb by yourself and watch Netflix, like then that's on you. Know what I mean? It's it like Raphael said it. We just released an episode with an Italian YouTuber. I became an expat. He's like, it has to be like out of your head that you're gonna, not going to fail. There's, that's not an option. You know what I mean? If that's not an option, like it's a survival, it's a need, then it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And like just going out and like making the most of every time that you're going out. So like some of my really good friends that I made in Playa are Mexicans at, from like restaurants or cafes. Or like I would go to the gym and then like you talk to people at the gym and then you just like build your connections that way. So definitely putting in that effort will we'll go a long way. So kind of going off of that, like, obviously you're an attractive woman here in Playa and, you know, men want certain things. How do you go about like making these genuine friendships here? Well, also, also being a solo traveling woman in Mexico is not easy too. like be, it's dangerous a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how did I make the genuine connections? Um, I kind of have always been, a like a bubbly outgoing person. And I've always been sincere in my interactions with people. Like before, like at the current state where I am in life, sometimes I'd be untrustworthy. Like I would, I would not that I wouldn't be untrustworthy. I wouldn't trust easily just because you don't know what people's intentions are. You don't know. So you have to like stray on the side of caution in that way. But as far as like the showing up as yourself, just showing up with the actual interest to learn about somebody else or to gain like information and like to, you know, help each other out with information or insights of 
life. And then I was going to say something else, Nick, that you just mentioned. I can't remember. The danger, solo travel. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then for danger, yeah. So one thing about like living in Mexico by myself, uh, I didn't really, I didn't go out at night. Like I just would stay home when it was dark just because I, it was fine. Like I went out a few times by myself. Um, but like, I would always stray on the side of caution. And then there was like one time it was like a Sunday morning. I was walking down fifth Avenue, like way up. I always say North, but like going up into the higher numbers. And then like this guy rolled up beside me on his motorcycle and he like whipped out his dick and was like stroking it. And I, and he was like, do you want to come over to my place? And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. And then, so like, that was super uncomfortable. And that was, I would say the most, uh, I think that's definitely something that women, maybe guy, I don't know about the guys, but women really need to be careful for Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing when you're out in the streets. Like there's people who are gonna like gawk at you, check you out, talk to you, try to get your number, like follow you down the street. Like, yeah, no, and I, and I was on Bumble. So like, I was kind of public, I guess you could say. And like, I'm a blondie, so I'm kind of a bit more recognizable. And like, I had one time I was walking down Fifth Avenue and one of the workers in the shop said, he was like, you're Hannah you're Hannah. I saw you on Bumble. And I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't swipe on you. Leave me alone. <laughs> but you just have to be cautious. And you know, I wouldn't drink excessively at all. I, in fact, I hardly ever drank when I was in Mexico. So. Yeah. So that's like the flip coin. So like I, I said before, like, Oh, you know, you're a girl, it's easy to make connections and stuff, but you don't know what's real or not. At least as a dude, like if it's something connection, it's not I mean, for the most part, it's probably real and not, not like, you know, maybe every once in a while the cartel wants to kidnap you. But, you know, for the most part, a dude, when they make a connection, it's like, yeah, OK, it's real. You're not worried about, oh, shit, if I'm, am I going to get kidnapped and, and this and that. So there's there's two sides to each coin. You know what I mean, you, you got pros and you got cons. So use the pros and try to limit the cons. OK. Yeah. Two. You're a YouTuber. Tell me, yeah. tell me about YouTube and, and how tough it is. Wait, content, sorry. Content creating. Tell me about this content creating and, and kind of how tough it is and how you go about it type deal. Yeah. So YouTube, I love YouTube. I find it's an amazing platform to be able to just be yourself. And I love turning on my camera and just talking about something that's relevant. So in Mexico, I made lots of Mexico videos, which was a lot of fun. Um, I find it a bit difficult because for me, obviously I'm trying to make, like capitalize on online money-making. So at first it was a little rocky, my channel. And I mean, it still is. And like, I'm still getting used to YouTube and by no means am I like a YouTuber yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I find like the content creation for YouTube anyways, is just to be yourself. Like I turn on the camera, it's like, just be yourself, just talk, just let it happen. You know, your points, you know, the overall message that you want to say and just integrate that and let your like your essence bring it to life and then yeah instagram i always have found a bit challenging but yeah i was watching one of your videos with nick the other day and you're you're very honest how do you like put yourself out there knowing that all this information this personal information people are going to see like how are you secure enough within yourself for that to be out there or are you just crazy and you don't care I'm so crazy. No. <laughs> um, okay. So I, are you refer like, I put out some really recent, like very raw videos about like, um, 
Are you talking about like my videos that I put out in the past couple of weeks or like back in, like, can you tell me which ones? Cause there's like been some big things in my life recently that have, um, I think it might've been the most recent. You were like, Oh, I went through this terrible thing and, and you're yeah. just, just open about stuff. Yeah. Okay. So my context behind being raw and real is one, because I'm a, like, as I mentioned, I'm a genuine person. I don't want to be somebody who I'm not. And second of all, I think about me in my worst places, feeling alone and hopeless and kind of abandoned as we all do. And I think about these people in these situations who go through, who cope with these struggles through like eating disorders or abusive relationships with which I ended up in. Uh, and I'm like, I don't want these people to go through what I went through, or I want to be able to help these people not like overcome these challenges. So for me, I, I guess it's raw and vulnerable to be talking about or like hinting at what I've been through in my life. Um, but I see it more as a service because I don't know, there's talking about what you go through and the heartaches and stuff are I don't know, relatable. And people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who's going through this, or I'm not the only one who's like, yeah, feeling alone. Yeah. I was kind of in the same boat. Um, I've talked about a lot of the shit I've been through on this podcast and in a way it's almost extremely therapeutic. Like you come out afterwards feeling very good. And it's like, uh, kind of some weight off of your shoulders. There, there's a, there's a quote that said like, I couldn't afford a therapist, so I started a podcast. I think it's very true. Yeah, it's so accurate. It's so accurate. <laughs> how, how? But I have a question. How do you, what advice would you give to that person to um, let go and put themselves out there? Because a lot of the like, YouTube people or if you do a podcast or if you show your artwork, it's like, well, what are you doing type deal? And like, oh, you got an ego and like, what, why? Like, you're not special type deal. I'll just, how do you like put the blinders on and say, fuck it. And you know, let your creativity shine. Uh, I mean, by no means do I have a, a recipe for success because I deal, I struggle with it every day. Like every day you do produce something, you think of making new content and it's like, well, who, who am I to talk about this? How, why, why should anybody listen to me? And you know, you have the imposter syndrome, you have like the self doubt, you think of what other people are saying. But then honestly, I just go back to my lowest moment in my life, feeling alone. And I think of people in those situations and I'm just like, I'm going to talk about this because I know it'll resonate with somebody and I'm just going to be myself, show up as I am. And I have a, a right to be who I am and to share my story just like everybody else does. And I just occupy my space knowing that People will like it. People will, will not like it. And that's okay either way. Yeah. We've had a lot of people on that do kind of YouTube or like content creating. And many say that they say like, I'm trying to help out me when I was depressed in my bed type deal. And I tell you what, one of the big things that we, we get that always like keeps us going is first of all, like the skills and the relationships you build, but also you get a message randomly. That's the laundry machine going, if you can hear it, but <laughs> You get a random message from someone that you had no idea was listening. Like, dude, you know, thank you so much for like talking about that. Like I was going through some shit and, and that really helped me out. And I'm like, oh shit, this is like actually making a difference and let's keep it rolling. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel the same way sometimes. Like I did some like trans, like 
intermittent fasting, alternate day fasting, like weight loss transformations on my YouTube channel. And I really enjoyed that content. And I'm getting messages recently. Like I got a message the other day and this guy was like, you inspired me back in May to get my eating on track. And uh, I saw your recent YouTube video and I wanted to reach out. And can you give me some advice about how I can proceed and stuff? Sorry, there's like a dog outside my door, if you can hear that. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's amazing when you are yourself and you're just, you put yourself out there and then you know, at first you might not connect with many people, but the people who you do connect with, it has meaning and you actually impact somebody's life or inspire them to try something new or make them know that they aren't alone. And it's incredible. It's just like, this is why I'm on earth. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so. Attract people like me, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> it was my plan all along. No. <laughs> <laughs> so with, uh, the intermittent fasting, uh, I know Nick's been doing it and trying to get me on it. And I've been super inconsistent with it. How do you get to a point where you are consistent with it? Because it gets difficult. I mean, sometimes it's 930 and you're like, damn, I'm, I'm super hungry. But how do you keep that discipline and be like, no, I got to stick with the schedule? Yeah. So for me, it's actually a little bit different just because I do have disordered eating tendencies. So uh, when I got into intermittent fasting, I was very strict and I found that that made it more difficult to adhere to. So now I follow the same sort of intermittent fasting lifestyle. Like every day I just naturally, it just happened that I just naturally prefer eating later. And I don't like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like the feeling of being bloated. So it's just like, I could go and eat like whatever right now, but I, I could just also have my coffee and continue working at my desk and it's fine. I'm not going to die. <laughs> and then I also with alternate day fasting, I was, I'm not like by any means a large person. And I got very lean when I was doing alternate day fasting. So I was essentially, I ate like 30 out of 40 days. Uh, and no, that, that doesn't make sense. I ate like half, like out of 40 days, I ate like half. So like 20 days out of 40, there we go. <laughs> and I got very comfortable with the feeling of hunger. And I know that hunger wasn't a bad thing. So like intermittent fasting for me, isn't difficult to stick to even now. And I have like my eating disordered eating days are behind me. Thank the Lord. Um, and yeah, I, during the time when it was a big priority of mine, I just remembered this is natural. It's normal to feel hungry it's normal to want to have like these food cravings and you just roll with it and then when you get to eat you just make sure that you satiate yourself with the right food that you're craving and don't try to like cut yourself off like um yeah if you're craving whatever something sweet have something sweet and just have that bit and it's and then you're not going to be like binging or overeating it later kind of thing does that make sense yeah, I'll tell you what, I get high off it. Like, I feel there's like that craving period. And if you just like get over it for like 20 minutes, like normally like what drink, I like drinking gas water, sparkling water a lot. Um, and uh, once you get over it, like, I just feel high. Like my brain is working. It's clear. It's sometimes I have, um, I, I supplement vices like nicotine and smoking, which is not good. Not good. I don't recommend it, but try to drink the water. But if you stay on this little schedule, I'm telling you, it's like, it, not, I, I don't really even do it for like body stuff, but it's worked. Like I've lost weight and I look pretty damn good, but uh, I do it for the mental part. I love like the mental clarity and the high energy from it. And then also it's a discipline thing. It totally works your discipline muscle for every other aspect of your life. 
Definitely. I totally agree. Like fasting, even intermittent fasting is a discipline muscle. And the more you work it, the stronger it is, the easier it is. And then I think it's really good, Nick, that you pointed out the mental clarity. Cause for me as well, like I find that I get groggy. Now I really notice after having fasting in my life for like, I started intermittent fasting like a year and a half ago. Um, I really notice how foods affect you now or affect me now. And I find that like fasting is just an incredible tool to implement into your life because food is so like integral of everything that we do. And then knowing what foods affect you in which ways are beneficial and provide you that mental clarity in addition to the fasting benefits. So. Fantastic. Quick question. Those before and after bikini photos, do you like cheat them or what? Like do you push your stomach out in the first one and like do really skinny in the second one or what? No, no, I don't do that. I, I, I like to, there's like in the after photo and like, obviously you feel way sexier and like leaner and you're like, oh yeah, I feel good. So you stick out your hip or whatever. But like, um, the photos that I post on YouTube or Instagram, I always focus on like having it as neutral and natural as possible. So people can see like the actual change rather than just like the change of lighting and the change of pose. So that's important. So I, yeah, I don't like alter them. I don't like edit them or anything. You're a liar. <laughs> Whoa, why? <laughs> what? So in your last video, uh, you talk about toxic relationships. And I'm just kind of wondering, since it's my first time out of the country and uh, dealing with the opposite sex out of the country, how do you make sure those relationships aren't toxic and they're uh, healthy relationships? Um, relationships, I find, are like a discovery process. So every time you spend time with somebody, you're learning more and more about them. And then it's also an opportunity for you to gain a greater insight of yourself. And I fell into a toxic relationship because when I saw red flags from the very beginning, I, I personally take too much of an empathetic stance. I'm just like, okay, well, I understand what you're going through right now. So I'm going to like, uh, change my perspective and like be better like version with this new information that I find. Cause you, when you are with somebody, when you're starting a relationship, you respect that person. You're just like, I value what you're, what you're bringing to the world. I want to integrate that into my life. Is that, and then, um, but I mean, it's when it comes at the cost of like your sanity or if they're starting to hurt you and then you ignore it, then uh that's not good and that's what I did after like two months of being with one guy do you think it's easier or I don't know if easier is the right word but you think it's yeah easier to stay in a toxic relationship when you're traveling because you already have gained that comfortability factor with the person and then it's tough to go find another person you're comfortable with so you're mm. staying with this one no I find travel. <laughs> no I find the traveling or in any sort of like anybody who's nomadically inclined, um, the comfort level isn't really important. I found that I got stuck in it because I don't know. It was like the, I was, I had just gotten out of an eating disorder. I was forced into survival mode. And then I met this guy who was like, I love you. I want to marry you. I'm going to take care of you. All these things. I was like, Oh, that's nice. Okay. And I just like completely, like backed out on my own ambition. And like, that's the worst 
thing that you can possibly do in a relationship. And it wasn't so much the security of like safety with travel. It was more in the security of like life. And that was just because I hadn't processed like the essence and like the root cause of like my own anxieties and shortcomings and like my emotional behavioral habits. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I see his point and I think I'm on your end. I think you're kind of a loud personality like me, you know, very energetic. And I get into like this, like these many different relationships and there's just sparks flying everywhere. And it, but it, it, it goes so quick. And I've talked about this many times in different episodes because I am a cancer. That's my Zodiac. So I'm, you know, I have a hard outer shell and I'm emotional. Oh my God. I'm a Scorpio. We're both water signs. Water signs. Hey, I'm a Pisces. All three of us. Hey, oh, look at us. We're like a dream team. But I think for, I think a Pisces is one of these kind of people where, you know, he, if you're out of the country alone and all of a sudden like you get a good connection and then that's, yeah, that's all you have. And you're afraid to go meet more people. Like that's your comfort zone in a whole new world. You know what I mean? So you probably will be like, okay, I'll let this slide here. I'll let that slide. Cause I need someone here. So I'm, you know, scared to be alone. You know, Jake's just a little boy scared. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so but no, I mean, that was, I think that was kind of your point, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I want to go into this other point. Cause you've been a traveler and like doing with relationships. Like it is very, these little short bursts. I think they're amazing. Right. What do you think about the whole thing? But it's hard to make them last. You tried making it last with this one guy. Um, how do you get over them? And how do you be able to enjoy the moment and not be like, I'm going to get rid of my ambition just to be with you and leave everything? Yeah, I think for me, it's always about you never know what the future is going to hold. And for me, it's just like, it's important to be with that person, have fun and not really get carried away with like ideas or what things could be and just enjoying the present moment and understanding that like this is a learning opportunity and if I'm able to learn about myself while enjoying somebody else and admiring somebody else and like amazing I think the movies got us thinking you know um, me and uh Maria are gonna go off into the sunset in the Caribbean and we're gonna yeah. forget everything but then Reality is a bitch and it slaps you in the face. So I like it. Learning experience and you know what I mean? Let loose, but be smart type deal, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think it's really good that you brought up how the movies kind of like brainwashed us because it's so true. I know like so many of my girlfriends, like even just recently, and one of my girlfriends come up to me and she was just like, wow, like dating isn't like the movies. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Life is so much different. <laughs> Transforming coach. How can you transform me? Tell me. Okay. So my ambition right now, like I'm trying to market myself right now and like uh, build a community around people transforming um, the way that they process information. So I mentioned earlier that I'm kind of like a strategist and like I, I research what I want to do and then I find the best way to figure out how to do it. And then you excel with it. And that's worked really well for me. I've always been able to get good jobs. I've always been able to network well, um, get scholarships, all these kind of things. And um, I want to teach people how to do that, like kind of be strategists. And so like the transformation expert, that's how I kind of call myself at this time, is going to evolve, of course, because things always change, um, is to help people process information in a more efficient way. Because lots of times people 
even when they have a thought or an emotion, they just identify with it right away. And then there's like anxieties or panics or fears that pop up with that. And like, that's kind of the foundation of like, that's not true. And then, yeah, just helping people learn how to say no. Cause like for, and I think for girls, it might be more of an issue, but for like so many years, I never said no. And I just found myself in like relationships or whatever that were just not good because I didn't say no. And then also questioning your own way of thinking. And I think that's a lot of, like, that's really important to rewire old habits that you're trying to let go of. So that's essentially the transformation of like the mind, you know? <laughs> Saying no part is tough. They've got me uh, a few times on Fifth Avenue. Say, like, I don't know, I don't know. Come on my store, come on my store. And they just get me in there. But no, no, no. Soon I'll be saying no right away. Good, yeah. The first, day, the first day we walk by, you know, everyone, is, they're all street hustling out here. And he literally talked to like 500 of the vendors. He's like, no, not today, sorry. Oh, oh what do you got here? I'll take a tequila shot. Yeah, massage, maybe. <laughs> it was funny, it was funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's... <laughs> well, here's the thing though, like Canadians and Americans, there's the all these people know this in different countries. Like we're too like nice and we want to be like, so we don't want to like say no or even ignore them. It's like, we, we don't experience this like in America. So these dudes are, I want to get one of them on. So I knew one in uh, Jamaica that was like a ridiculously good hustler and like their game and their psychology and persuasion behind it. So I'm trying to get one of these hustlers on to talk about it. I mean, you've dealt with them here, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I think you interviewing one of those people from Fifth Ave or something, like one of the hustlers that you say would be very interesting. Um, yeah, because their their way of lifestyle is so different and stuff as compared to ours. Because like for us, it's like, oh yeah, interact, be nice. Like you don't want to be rude. So that's why I think like we're kind of more like the North American population is a bit more people pleasers or uh, not, obviously not everybody, not a blanket statement like that. And then yeah, the Mexicans... Well, in this case, Mexicans. Yeah, they, they got their hustle and they don't stop. They're just like, this is my thing and I'm going to do it. It's just like, okay, kudos to you. And I think too, we're a little bit more gullible where they're like, come in my store and uh, I'll give you a free shot. And it's, we, we don't look past that. We don't see what they're trying to do. And so then, then that's where they get us. Definitely. Yeah, it's sales one-on-one. It's just a funnel. I mean, these dudes, it's psychology and they, they've gotten really good. I bet they make a lot of money on that Fifth Avenue. You know what I mean? So for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Transforming, transforming. Yeah. We're, we're back on trans. So what kind of people is this like open to anybody? Like, or is there specific transforming things? Like, like, uh, who do you want to come to you? Yeah. So I'm kind of in the beginning stages of all this. So I'm just trying to figure it out. This is very new. Um, just because, uh, yeah, th this whole dream to be an entrepreneur was put on hold when I started my abusive relationship around this time last year. Um, but it was also like, so grateful for that experience because it taught me how to transform because in an abusive relationship, it started out as a mental and emotional kind of abuse and that you'd be I became a master of questioning everything that I did, which was a result of being with somebody who was unhealthy, but then also provided like an incredible tool to be able to do self-assessments on a level that I've never achieved before. And essentially the type of people who I want to be able to work with are people who struggle with loneliness or feeling lost in life or feeling like they don't have a purpose or 
they they're always angry. Like I used to be such, I'm such a bubbly and outgoing person, but it was always undermined by like this underlying kind of like boiling, like this very subtle, like short temperedness and aggravation. And like, I would be like triggered by such little things. And I'd be like, I can't do this. I need to go. And I would just like, like walk away and storm off. And I would be, it would manifest sometimes as rudeness towards servers or whatever. And that's just like the lowest thing. It's just like, you don't do that. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's good to be anything less than kind to other people. Cause then it's just a representation of you not being kind to yourself. So essentially I'm just really wanting to work with people who are ready to be helpful for other people by being helpful for themselves and kind of being a middleman between like coping skills and like psychology research and stuff and like making practical advice with it. And people I like, are ready to elevate I like, it. I like the being kind part, but I think sometimes that kindness comes from like an insecurity of wanting people to like you. And like, if you get too kind and you can't say no, like you've talked about, then you end up buying, you know, three <laughs> bottles of $60 tequila on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> so I think there's like a, a point too, where it's like, yo, I'm a good person. I know I'm a good person. I don't need to prove it to you. Like, I don't need to buy your shit to prove that I'm a kind person type deal. Right. Definitely. Or I, I can, I can let go of this abusive relationship because it's obviously he's got problems and I can't fix him and change him type deal. Definitely. I do think that, yeah, I think that's a good way. The kindness can also be evident in like saying no. And I guess that could, a better word for that might be grace and being graceful in life and kind of being unaffected. Like you can still be classy. And that was something that I'm kind of learning. It's just like, you can, I can say no and like do it gracefully, but strong. And those things can go hand in hand. So, but yeah, there's definitely like the, I think it's easy to be on the side of like kindness, but being a pushover. Yeah, so like, it's fine balance. Totally. Like I've done a lot with these, um, any sort of street hustlers, some places, like if I see a guy multiple times, uh, like second or third time, I'm like, okay, listen, I will talk to you. I'm not buying shit. I'll talk to you like a normal human being. We can have this conversation, but don't try nothing. You know what I mean? And usually it just flips their script and they're just like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Let's just talk quick. And then and they never bother you again, but you can say hi, like, how are you doing, buddy? And, and all that kind of stuff. But then they're just like, okay, you know what? He actually gave me the respect today. I've been getting blown out a hundred million times. Like I respect him. They end up respecting you. You're not a mark anymore. Like every American that walks down Fifth Avenue. Yeah. You know, one time I was, that's, I'm so happy that that happened to you. One time I would always talk to this one vendor on Fifth Avenue. And I remember finally I told him, I'm like, he was like, when are you going to buy product from me? And I was like, I'm not interested in buying a product from you. And I'd like stop and talk to him. Like every time I'd walk down fifth Avenue, I was like, I'm not interested in buying your, your tours or whatever. I'm, I live here. I don't, I'm not interested in this. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And he stopped talking to me and he stopped like waving at me when I walked down fifth Avenue. I was like, wow, this is so shallow. I can't believe this. So yeah, it can go both ways, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> Let's hear uh, some of your favorite travel stories. And start with Yucatan, because that's where we are right now. So we need to know <laughs> where we got to go and what kind of crazy shenanigans we need to get into. Hmm. Like my favorite travel stories. Ah, that's hard. You guys put me right on the spot. Um, For the Yucatan. I... I actually didn't too, didn't do too much exploring around the Yucatan, unfortunately. There was 
Oh, okay. I went down to Belize, which was a very interesting experience. Can I tell you guys about that? <laughs> so I was, okay. So I was kind of bad and I wanted to just renew my visa. So I was like, I'll just go down to the Belize border and get, and like go over the border and come back and get my six month visa renewed. And I heard that when you go down there, you talk to the border guards, you give them money, like 400 American or something like that. And then they renew it for you. When I did that, the lady was like, oh, I'm not going to let you back in. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So then I was like, well, I have to leave because my visa was up. So I went over into Belize city and Belize culture is kind of like Jamaica. Like it was a different world. Like Belize was beautiful. Like it was so crazy. Like this landscape was completely different. And when I got to Belize city, I got out into the street and I stand out in Mexico and like Playa del Carmen, just because of my like fairness and kind of like, yeah, my blonde hair and blue eyes. But like, I really stood out in Belize city and I would walk down the street and people would be like, Oh, flake or whatever. And then um, there was this older lady who came up. She's like, you can't be here by yourself. We need to help you. I need to help you. I'll take you to where you need to go. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, thanks. And I kind of trusted her, which I shouldn't have, because then she ended up like, she's like, here, we'll get in a taxi. And then I was like, oh, okay. And we get into the taxi and we drove like two blocks and I paid like $10 American for it. And I was like, okay. And then we got there and she was like, oh, I'm hungry. Like, do you want to go out to a restaurant? And I was like, Oh my God. And she was just like using me for, I don't know, a free ride. Anyways, I got her some food or whatever. And I was like, okay, have a good day. And then I was in Belize and I got sick. And then I went back to Mexico and they only gave me a five day visa. They're like, cause I, they knew, I told them I had an apartment in Playa, like go to your apartment, get your stuff and leave. And I was like, ah, shit. So then I ended up going to Arizona and I got my visa. But like going to Belize was crazy. It was a, a shocking, not that, I guess it's not that crazy, but it was a very shocking experience. So, yeah. I think you're being PG with your crazy stories, but have you seen, have you seen the movie, uh, the documentary, The Gringo, um, John McAfee, when he made like a military, like scientific compound in Belize and no. like, the government like tried killing him and like his neighbor wound up dead and he fled the country. And you know, McAfee software, virus software. Okay, yeah. and back in the day on the computers, and this guy made, you know, 500 million. He actually just got arrested for like cryptocurrency things. But he went down to Belize, like built this like compound, like did like scientific drug stuff, had like military guards falling around everywhere. He's like a king in Belize. It was crazy. It's called the Gringo John McAfee story. It's on Netflix. It's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my travel story was super PG. Nothing quite like that. <laughs> but you've been some other places too, haven't you? I mean, what yeah. do you think of, uh, you know, the different cultures and what has that done to shape your life and all the cliche questions? Yeah, definitely. I think, actually, we were talking earlier about like the shops and like dealing with people in shops. And I was uh, in India by myself a few years ago and I was there for one month. And I was in the Himalayas and like, I guess this, and I went into this one store and I was like trying earrings and shawls and stuff, all this traditional like Indian stuff. And then when I didn't end up buying anything, I was like, oh no, I'm good. I don't want anything. I want to leave. The gentleman actually came up and grabbed my arm and was like, you're not leaving. And I was like, oh shit. And I like, I just kind of 
is like, okay, I guess I'm buying stuff. And then I like went back into this, like, I didn't, I went back to the counter and like ended up buying the things that I had been looking at. And then, yeah, I was able to leave and you know, that's, that's a scary situation. And I've had that happen as well. I lived in Germany for a while. And even in Germany, I had like on the streetcar home at night, um, I was grabbed there as well. And somebody's like, you're not leaving, you're staying with me. Um, and so I guess traveling I, has really given me a backbone, I would say, um, because you're dealt with like scary situations and unforeseen situations and you're, isn't, it's dangerous. Like, um, when you're somewhere, you don't speak the language, you don't know how to ask for help. You don't know, like, you can't call 911 in every country. It's different. Um, and what if the police, are they even going to help you? Like, who are they to help you? So it, it really, yeah, gives you the backbone to back out when you need to for those kind of situations, like circumstantial, like dangerous situations, if that makes sense. Yeah, you become very, like, independent and, and strong. But yeah, isn't, exactly. isn't that why we do this? We're addicted to, like, the chaos and, and the freedom? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's like in in mexico like you know you walk down in the pharmacies they list all the drugs they got you can get any drug you want if they don't have it they'll get it for you a pharmacy it's out in the open in front of everyone and it's just it is what it is you know what i mean it's it's like there's there's the the pros and the cons to it but anyone that likes like adventure it's it's like a libertarian's wet dream you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> fuck it. You're, you're free you're free and that's really addicting at least to me it is. Yeah, I completely agree. And just being able to like embody yourself in a different setting and see what you're made of is yeah. An empowering, enlightening experience. Would you say traveling shows you the best in humanity and also the worst? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so because. Like if you have, have you had any experiences opposite of those negative ones where uh, a random stranger come and, comes and helps you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I have another story. I was uh, traveling in Brazil and I was trying to get to this rainforest like retreat thing. And I was like, I got off of the bus at the, my stop and it was like th this town that was supposedly existed, like didn't exist. It was like this tiny mountain rainforest town in Brazil and I didn't have internet. I didn't have a phone. I was like going off of like 36 hours of no sleep. And I remember just standing outside the bus station crying and like, cause I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I don't speak. And I was shocked at the language barrier. Like my Spanish is really bad and my Portuguese is non-existent. And I just remember crying and like standing there, not knowing what to do. I'm like, I'm in the middle of this for rainforest. I, I don't know what's going on. And this lady came up to me and miraculously spoke English. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to find my like rainforest retreat. And then she uh, got me, like there, was, like there weren't even taxis at this bus station. And she ended up calling the retreat and then they organized a car to come and get me. And when I got to the retreat, um, it turned out to be a scam. Um, but the lady called the guy and she's like, how's that girl doing? Is she doing okay? And then he's like, no, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna keep her. And then they coordinated me to go to a different, like a hostel in the little town that existed. And they did it all, like they covered it all. And then that was a really nice experience. Like, so that was nice. Cause I was so scared and yeah, 
<laughs> they were very nice, which was good. Almost kind of like divine intervention, like the universe is sending you something like, what are the chances that your phone dead stuck in the rainforest that you find a lady that speaks English that can come up and help you? Yeah, right. And like, definitely. And the fact that she had a cell phone and had access to the internet and stuff, like lots of the people in where I was are like very low socioeconomic class. And yeah, the divine intervention is so like she had access to pay for um, like her phone to get me connected to where I needed to go. And then yeah, speaking English. It was, yeah, definitely. It was a wonder. I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for her. <laughs> so to answer Jake's question, do you see the best in humanity and the worst in humanity while traveling? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I definitely feel it's like you get to see like the mask is off. So you see the best of humans and the worst of humans. And it, it, so it's like a roller coaster. Know what I mean? But I, I love it. You feel alive. But it's not fake. It's not nothing's yeah. fake. Yeah. And it's crazy to also see the different standards of acceptability in different places, like things that go that are acceptable in Mexico or India or Brazil or like Cuba or wherever it may not may be completely unacceptable where we're from in like Canada or the States or whatever. It, it really makes you question like everything, like and how important your cultural um, upbringing has on you. Know what I mean? Like, oh, what if I was born over here? Probably wouldn't think the same way I do now. Know what I mean? Or what if I was born you know, 100 years ago? So it's really interesting to look at it in that point of view. Like, you know, am I who I am or am I a product of my environment and my culture and many other different things? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I, have, I have a question about um, back to care. someone looking at your window or what? My, because I'm doing the recording for my YouTube video and uh I, I reached my max on my cards. So that's the ending of my YouTube video recording. So that's what I was looking at. <laughs> you want to um, just put a new one in? So I think we can go for just like about 15 more minutes. So I have some like interesting things. You can put a new one in? Uh, it's okay. I have my screen recording going too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, thank um, you. I was going to ask a question for Jake okay. regarding the, this, this chaos thing and some practical advice from you. So we said like there's a shit ton of freedom. It's the wild, wild west. Um, you know, you can either thrive in chaos or get lost in the chaos. Now, Jake has had like a crazy past with um, drug addiction. And obviously when, when you walk the streets, everywhere you go, you get offered any drug you want. How do you not fall into the trap of, you know, addiction or like the slippery slope and just lose yourself with the chaos? I honestly, I think it comes down to that decision within yourself. So I, I can't like Jake, I can't, uh, I've never gone through a drug addiction, but I did go through, um, binge drinking where I get like blackout drunk five days a week and you just, yeah. And just, um, you know, you're just hanging out with not necessarily bad people, but you're just making wrong, the wrong decisions. Well, with those people, you know, they provide you access to unhealthy habits, whether it's drugs or alcohol. And I, when I stopped drinking, um, I, cause I was sober for a year and I made that decision. I was like, I'm not going to drink. And it was the conscious decision to be like, I'm trying to improve myself and every little decision counts. And you know, when people are offering you the alcohol or the drugs or whatever, um, you know, addiction is, I I've never had a severe issue with addiction, but like, at least for me, it was 
I'm not going to do that anymore because I know that it's undermining the future that I want for myself and what I vision for myself. So. 100% agree. I view it as like, if I come here and get like re-addicted to drugs, then I fail. And I want to make this work. And I know to make this work, I can't fall back into those old patterns. Yeah. That's why I look at it. And I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's like the ultimate challenge for like an ex, you know, drug thing is uh, saying no, constantly having to say no to every drug <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and they come up to him because he looks like an American. So they're like, come on, supply, party supplies. Yeah. Free okay. sample, free sample. <laughs> Wait, Jake, have you been tempted at all? I wouldn't say so. Not yet. No, just because I have wanted this to work so bad. And so I'm, I'm like a year, almost a year and a half removed, almost a year and a half sober. Too much to lose. I, at this point in my life, I realize like the negatives way outweigh that, you know, five hours of pleasure. So it's just not worth it to me at all. So no, I actually really haven't been tapped in. And then the other thing is like, the dudes that are buying them from down there look kind of sketchy. I don't, I don't even trust it. I don't want to even deal with it. Yeah, definitely. It's like, what are, like, even if you were to do it, it's like, yeah, what would, uh, what is in this, these Mexican drugs <laughs> or any drug really? <laughs> exactly. There's just one dude that has like a ton of face tats and he comes up to us every time. And I'm like, buddy, like, come on. I, I don't want to get kidnapped or anything like that. Like, it's just the tough, you got to have the, the sale, salesman appearance. Like if some guy comes up to me, it's just like, Hey friend, you know, and like we give a relationship and, you know, maybe after a couple of days, like you trust them, like, okay. But some of these guys are just, they got to work on the, the appearance. <laughs> But anyways, um, but I also think with Jake, it's like, yo, look how much you've like grown and gained from being a year and a half sober from where you were. It's like, you want to throw it all away type deal. That's tough. And I would kick his ass too, if he did it. So yeah. Didn't you? What? Did you just get to Playa? Yeah. I got here with him on uh, Sunday. Oh, right. Nick, I knew this too. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bet you guys get that kind of, um, that approach a lot. I feel like guys would get the whole drug offering thing more than a female, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty consistent. It's like uh, at least a few people each block. Yeah, good times. Want some blow? It's getting blow? better. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting better because they know they're starting to notice, like um, know we are, like seeing us, you know. Right. And uh, then they keep seeing us walk past them, so they're like, okay, these guys are, you know, they're trying to live here or some shit. They're not partying, so. It's getting good. It's getting good. Any advice for us being in Playa? Like, what, what, um, uh, how should we live or should we? I heard it was cheaper to eat out like the local spots than it is to go buy food at like um, the supermarkets. Is that true? Mm, I no, I don't think so. I like the food is so ch- like going to the supermarket or going to like a fruit stand in Mexico is so flipping cheap, so cheap. Um, but also eating out is crazy cheap, but I think it would be like spend $30 and you get like tons of fresh fruit for and veggies for a week. Like they're not, that's Canadian. So that's like $22 American. So I guess it's not that much cheaper than this than like North America. Well, I don't know. It seemed a lot cheaper. Like cost of living is obviously cheaper down there. But also the thing about Playa is that they all, there's like, it's such a resort kind of place. They have really fancy or higher overpriced restaurants. So I find that if you go up to like 30th Avenue, get really good food, 
but it's like a fraction of the price of what you'd pay on fifth. So that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. And then also Playa is also super like health conscious and stuff. And there's really cool, like niches of like yoga people or sunrise running people and that kind of thing. And that's, that's cool. I like that. How about if we want to find girls that look like you, what beach or what area <laughs> we go to? <laughs> I know. Have you guys been to Playa 38? Yeah, we live right. That's the place we go. The, the, the yeah. local, a lot of locals go there on the beach. A lot of locals go there. Yeah. Bars, the bars, we were just there last night. Yeah. Some nice bars. Yeah. And then there's also one that's right at the end at like fifth and consentuentes, I think it is at the end of that street. Um, yeah, that's good. Or the Thompson. Have you, you guys should go to the Thompson. No, that, that one's nice. There's a, there's Thompson's in Toronto. And then when there is a Thompson like beach, it's a beach club. Yeah. Cool people hang out there. So you'll see. <laughs> what else for like living? Like um, some advice on just living here and, and how to get your feet down. And like how to make it last, you know? Yeah. I think honestly, have you guys, cause you, Nick, I've know you, you've moved around quite a bit and then Jake, have you moved around? Like, no, this is my first time out of the country. First time out of the country. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'm glad that you picked Playa, great place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To make it last, honestly, I didn't treat it like a party. I went to, I went there and I was like, this is, this is my life. I got, I'm going to get my job. I'm going to get my gym membership. I'm going to go to the grocery store, get, get a good apartment. And, um, I treated it seriously. Like it wasn't like it, have fun along the way, obviously, but I, I honestly think like it, whatever your routine is back home, integrate it here or try something new. Like if you've been wanting to try like paddleboard yoga. I bet you guys would meet some pretty cool girls with paddleboard yoga. Um, <laughs> like give it a, give it a go. And then, yeah, just explore. And like, it's such a small community and it's easy to get around and like taxis are so cheap to go down to Tulum or up to Puerto Morelos or whatever, like do it. I don't know. Totally. I, um, we talked about it with Jake and, uh, pretty the people listen that want because everyone's working remotely now basically so if you're going to go make this jump um just don't blow your load super fast right away don't treat it like <clears throat> the vacation that's what jake was doing I mean, his first time out of this country so his brain was just freaking going crazy and i mean him kind of went at it. i'm like dude you're gonna go broke you're gonna be gone in a couple weeks <laughs> and then uh now he's starting to get in the groove but i mean i guess you're just so you know high at the start right that it just yeah i just wanted to do and see everything talk to everyone and just like get the experience i remember the first night we were planning we got here on sunday we we're planning to wake up at five on uh, monday and i was like dude i just i just need to go out like you nick was in the apartment pretty relaxed i'm just pacing back and forth he's like you need to relax dude i was like screw it i'm just going down to the bar i'm just gonna go walk around so after that though i got it out of my system but i'm getting better and uh yeah just yeah. you know what it's sustainable yeah i think exactly that and i think when you first get there like enjoy it like if you splurged a little bit that's okay you had you first got adjusted i always think like that little bit of like adjustment period i when i first got there as well even though it was like gotta make this work i also had like a week of adjustment like going you know spending too much and then but mexico it's so easy to be frugal like it'll be fine <laughs> yeah yeah i like that too just finding that schedule and be like yo i'm gonna live you know blow your load a couple of different times like make plans for it type deal and yeah. Fantastic. Well, I mean, through all this stuff, um, putting yourself out there so much, the traveling, the YouTube in, um, you want to transform people with the coaching. 
you know, what are some of these life lessons? You went to the bulimia. Um, what have you really learned about yourself that some good practical wisdom you can share with our uh, listeners? Um, oh, that's so hard. Like, you, I wish I could have such a clear cut answer to that, but it's really, it's so multifaceted. So I think the biggest thing is to just, when you have that feeling to try something or when you want to try something and as scary as, a, as daunting as it is, I think going for it is important. My YouTube banner is like make discomfort comfortable. And I love that so much because you got to do uncomfortable things to grow. And if you're not, and then doing uncomfortable things and you're growing is like building confidence in yourself. And honestly, I think that's the only way to really live. In my opinion, focus on being better who you were than who you were yesterday, assessing what you're doing, being aware of the choices you're making and then deciding to change it. So like for me, my big wake up call was like, I didn't deal with bulimia and then I went into survival mode. And then part of my survival mode was like attaching onto a a relationship that turned out to be mentally, emotionally, and then it turned out to be physically abusive at the end. And at the last night I was with my ex, he was taken to the hospital by the SWAT team. And I, (laughs) uh, he I tried to get out of the vehicle that he was driving in and he had pulled over and I went to step out of the car, but he stepped on the gas pedal and I like flew back into the car and closed the door and was crying and I was scared for my life. And I realized that I did this to myself. Like, obviously I was being a victim, but like, I should have left. I should have listened to the red flags and like the biggest thing of advice is like, build the capacity to have those conversations and insights with yourself to make the best possible decision. Because when you don't, you end up in with addiction issues, abusive relationships, eating disorders, you end up like unfulfilled professionally, personally relationships. So yeah, just making those uncomfortable steps to being the best growing version of yourself. I'm transformed. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Any good book recommendations? Oh, yeah. Let me think. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, my favorite book that I've read recently was, oh, there's this one by the, I love this psychiatrist. His name is called Dr. Amen. And it's called, oh, what's it called? Do you mind? Do we, I have a moment to look it up, right? Two seconds. One, two. Um, oh my goodness change your brain change your life is that what it is i've heard that yeah and he is so beautiful because he combines neurological science with psychiatry and he talks about how essentially eating healthy fueling your body exercising and living with the intention to love and to grow and to be a kind person who's strong and sturdy and can like handle the struggles of life. Um, yeah, doing that, your life will be elevated and you'll be able to ha- operate at your highest capacity. So Dr. Amen with Amen Clinics, he's amazing. He's actually Miley Cyrus's psychiatrist, but I found that out way after I was his huge fan. So yeah, change your brain, change your life. <laughs> I've heard a lot of good reviews on that book. Have you read uh, Vagabonding? The Art of Long-Term Travel by Ralph Potts. 
I haven't. I think you'd like that. You should check it out. Okay, I will. Vagabond. Yeah. How about a quote? Any quote that comes to your head right now? Oh, I wish I... Mm. Well, I watched this thing with Oprah this just this morning, and she said that um, live your life with excellence. And she's like always, and it's essentially what I've already said. It's just like focus on like helping people, being your best version, and serving a purpose that is aligned with who you are. So, yeah. So I bought uh, like a twenty-five, thirty dollar <laughs> plastic bracelet. <laughs> I'm fit to have. <laughs> what was your worst purchase in Mexico? <laughs> My worst purchase. Um, Probably on a boat tour, like, you know, those, you can do boat tours and you just like endless alcohol. Um, and that I've been to Mexico multiple times. Like it's a very common thing from Canadians to go to Mexico because it's so cold for so long up here. Um, so I guess this was a couple years ago in Mexico, but it was buying the disc of all the photos from the boat tour, but it's just like sloppy. Americans and Canadians like wasted on a boat and there's like videos of us like falling over and like holding onto the railings and it was just like and I just made like 50 American for this freaking thing it's just like all these memories like I'm never gonna show anybody this because it's so sloppy but probably that like funny but <laughs> there's yeah. so many of those little like trick type scam things like all over it's it's funny how they're tried and true and they always work yeah no they really do and then like you like you put some alcohol into the tourists or whatever and you just spend that money <laughs> okay final question and most important question when are you coming to visit me and jake and playa <laughs> i was actually this morning i was like maybe i should go to mexico over christmas <laughs> yeah I mean, since I work online, Canada has these rules. When you leave and come back with COVID, you just need to quarantine for two weeks. But for me, I'm like, well, it's fine. That's kind of my lifestyle anyway. It's no gym for a couple of weeks, whatever. So, you know, maybe Christmas. <laughs> Perfecto. Awesome. Well, Hannah, I had a wonderful time. A lot of great information. Um, I'm glad that you came on. Now we have a community we're trying to build just like you. We're trying to connect the doers, connect listeners to people we have on connect you with other people we've had on the podcast. Um, what uh, are you willing to like give to people to um, if they want to reach out for the bulimia or maybe they're doing content creation or they want to even transform, you know, what, what all can our community get from you? What can you give to our community? Wow. Um, well, I offer like a genuine personality that's hopefully relatable. Um, but then also like if people want to work with me or whatever, I have a website that you can always go to, uh, where there's going to be courses and stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm always down to just connect with people. Just like how you, you reach out, you're like, yo, well, let's chat. Let's talk about our experiences together. I mean, talk, yeah. Talk about the experiences. And yeah, I love getting one-on-one -on -one with people and like hearing what they're struggling with. And um, 
yeah, just honestly reaching out and connecting me with you and like, let me get onto your content and like collaborate and yeah, kind of just rock this kind of story of life together. Does that make Fantastic. sense? Perfect. Fantastic. We'll plug your, um, I think I saw on your, the transforming thing that you give one, like uh, the free 30 minute, like call. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, so I do 30, 30 minute calls. They've actually have been doing a lot of those and they turn into like an hour, two hour conversations. And that's just like, yeah, I'm just invested in talking with these people because I care about people becoming stronger and like healthier versions of themselves. So I love being able to connect with people and talk about that stuff. What's your website? Uh, Hannah. No. Yeah. www.hannahlinealongevity.com. And then yeah, Linnea we'll, is spelled kind of funny because it's Swedish because I'm Swedish. Yeah, we'll link all the stuff in um, the post and the bio and all that. But Hannah, fantastic time. Um, I'm glad we connected. Thanks again for <coughs> hold on. Thanks again for the, the YouTube videos I came across. Lots of good information on Playa. I appreciate those. And hopefully we can build this relationship. We can uh, get you on with our, our community and, and so forth. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys very much. I'm very grateful for what you guys watching my content and reaching out and feeling you can connect with me. I had so much fun. You guys are so much fun. I, w- <laughs> I love this. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. You too. Bye. Cold.